Two of the fastest edge rushers go round the outside. Round the outside. Round the outside. Guess who's back? Back again. The push-off. You still, Welcome you still can't. <laughs> Welcome, everybody, to a new episode of the Push Off Podcast. It's your favorite weekly NFL show that discusses everything that happened since the last you heard of us, and it's getting you ready for the NFL draft. I'm your host, Scott Hogan, and joining us, as always, it's... Dan has watched eight miles of tape this season. Right. Yeah, Dan, and we are punching it at you pretty aggressively here at the end because we're trying to fit in some of the biggest names that are going to be in the NFL for years to come uh, in this last week. I don't know if you've had a chance to see this tape because you've been looking at all the other tape. Uh, but now we're finally at edge rushers, and uh, it has to be exhilarating. Uh, it's great. I mean, everybody loves a defensive playmaker. I've always been a fan of the big uglies, the front seven. Uh, you give me a quality yeah. front seven player. I'm, I'm going to have a good time watching it. Um, this edge rushing class did not disappoint me and we'll get to that in a minute, but, uh, yeah, I am, uh, I'm very happy with, with what I saw here. Um, there's, good. we're talking about six guys tonight. We're going to mention a total of nine. Um, but yeah, we're going to get into it, man. I'm excited to talk about them too. So before we do, let's hit the news real quick. The only stuff that's happened so far, um, the Rams have traded for or traded away Allen Robinson to the Steelers. Um, Allen Robinson has just kind of been hanging out there uh, for a bit uh, since taking the new. Con- well, no, he, was he just there the one year? What was his contract? How uh, he long was, was signed he by them, um, and it was just a fucking bad, bad deal, and yeah. he fell off completely. He was traded and for a is, swap of seventh-round picks. And money. Like, Rams are paying still some of his stuff just to get yeah. get rid of him. So, yeah, the Steelers get another uh, weapon there. We'll see if Allen Robinson has a little resurgence. He's Unfortunately, injuries and everything else has hindered him since leaving Jacksonville almost. Like yeah. The Bears had a couple, a little bit of Wait, luck he was out of good. him. He was good on the Bears and then kind of just like, you know, the natural Hurts. thing that happens <laughs> when you're almost 30 as a wide receiver is you start to decline. Um, yeah, that too. But yeah, he had a two-year deal worth uh, $25 million uh, for the Rams, and now it's like, okay, let's just fucking get rid of this shit. Yeah. So, sorry, two um, years, $25 million left on the contract. Okay. He signed a three-year deal with the Rams. Yeah, it's somehow it's turned into like from $15 million a year to $10 million, So it, it, his money's gone down. But, hey, he's got a chance to make some moves here in Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. Um, moving on here, the Eagles Went to Penn are State, bringing... So, makes sense. That's right. Kind of coming home. Yeah. A little homecoming. Uh, the Eagles are bringing in Matt Patricia as a senior defensive assistant. Yeah, this makes no fucking sense to me. Like... He keeps getting jabs. Well, one, he keeps getting jabs. Like, the Eagles, I, I hate to say it, they're a well-run franchise. This makes me think less of them. Like They did this lose is a bad all of move. their assistance to other coaching staff. I mean, the, the coordinators And you think Matt Patricia's going to help you? 
Like Matt Patricia is mm. a fucking persona non grata. You know, I, yeah. my favorite one was Darius Slay's like, and I am retiring. <laughs> like I'm not going to play for this <laughs> motherfucker. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, we'll see how that works out there in, in Philadelphia. In fact, like it was like a, a days of like, it looks like this is going to happen. And then they pulled it off. Uh, like the, the tweet real quick and then it's back. So they didn't, they were kind of playing with it, but he is, he is going to Philly. Uh, we'll see how that works. And then the big news today, gambling suspensions. Yeah. Uh, we are just talking about Calvin Ridley coming back from his year. It was just one year, right? It was a year. Got, but, but the whole year. Um, yeah. For the gambling on NFL games. And it was a big news in the NFL. Uh, you know, really dug in. We're pissed off about it, given that some other suspensions are only eight games for certain things. I mean, after time served and things like that. But um, this is, uh, yeah, some of these guys got a year. Some of them got six games. Here's the breakdown. It's mostly Lions players. One Commanders player. Um, did the Commanders player, did he used to be on the Lions? Shaq, Shaq Tony? I, I don't know. Shaq. I didn't know them either. I kind of had to look some of these guys up. So he is a defensive end. Uh, they said he met on NFL games, so he is suspended uh, at least a year to indefinite. They say it's basically an indefinite suspension. They can decide what they want to do with them later, but it's at least the year. He won't be playing this year. Yeah, commanders his whole career. <laughs> yeah, and then the, the uh, Lions, C.J. Moore, and Quintez Cephas, uh, the safety C.J. Moore, wide receiver Quintez Cephas, they not only got the year to indefinite suspension, they were immediately released by the Lions yep. on this news. Uh, Quintez Cephas, you know, he's played some. Uh, I think C.J. Moore has gotten out there some too, but these are backup players. Uh, the news led with the Lions wide receiver in his second year, Jameson Williams. The mm-hmm. uh, We we wat- talked about him on this uh prospect deep dive the about a year ago on the wide receivers coming out of alabama probably one of the fastest guys he's coming off that injury got healthy mid-year <laughs> uh was the pick that the vikings were at in the draft last year and traded with the lions lions traded up and picked jameson williams and, uh, and then he scores a touchdown on us in detroit uh <laughs> in the season so I was very I'm I'm kind of enthralled in this guy's career already and interested in where he goes. He's gonna miss six games due to this. Now his suspension not being him and Stanley Barry Hill six games. Theirs not being a full year is because they bet on like NCAA games and other sporting events and they weren't betting on NFL games. They, but they were doing it yeah, in the facility. On Lions Lions facility. Ugh, it's a weird it's a weird good. delineation. It's like, dude, just don't fucking do it. Like, you're making so much money. Just don't do it. Don't do it for a little while. Or in the off-season when you're nowhere near the facility. Just do it then. Do it March Madness. You don't have to be in the facility in March. Do that shit. Like, I just don't get yeah. I don't. I don't know why. I've never felt the strong compulsion to gamble, though. So I guess that's one that, thing. It's like, I'm not a big gambler myself either. Um, I'm sure people are uh, that, that listen to us, though, and they can argue it, but... Um, some Lions staff members were removed about a month ago for other gambling issues. So this is something that was happening in, in the Detroit facility. And staff members, and I don't know the age of these staff members, but I know Jameson Williams is fresh out of college and 23 or something. And yeah. these are kids. And if if the guys who are uh, 
you know, working there too, and they've been working there for years, we're also maybe doing it, and the NFL is now all about uh, get your money in here. You know, um, Kevin James is sitting on his couch every commercial break yelling about how he, I can bet on this game right now if I just get on my phone. Kevin Hart? Oh, I say Kevin James. I was like, Kevin I James is probably right. also on his couch screaming at the television. <laughs> but That's just reasons. not on the commercial, though. Yeah. yeah, he just doesn't get the commercial deals. Kevin Hart is. That you know which one I'm talking about, Kevin Hart's commercial. So um, I, I want to argue a little bit of the other side and say, you know, maybe NFL is uh, giving these kids the idea. <laughs> so, I mean, the NFL, I would say it's like this. Just because a magician is allowed to know magic doesn't mean he can tell everybody how the magic tricks work, right? Mm-hmm. So the NFL is like, listen, man, this is fucking entertainment. Like, yeah, you're trying your best, but this is just fucking entertainment. We cannot have even the briefest of illusions that yeah. you're somehow involved in gambling or in any way leveraged by these nefarious people that we have a very good relationship with. So it's <laughs> it's a very strange position the NFL has put themselves in by getting into bed with gambling. Um, yeah. That being said, they're not leaving because it's too profitable, and it is easy for you to navigate if you're a pro athlete. Just don't gamble when you're on your sport. Don't gamble on your <laughs> sport least. ever, and then do not and gamble uh, when you're anywhere near your fucking team facility. While you're on your job, yeah. yeah don't gamble at work. Job, yeah. Don't gamble at work. Don't I don't gamble, gamble at work. work. Yeah. Yeah. No, you're right. Those those are the arguments that are correct. And um, moving forward, you know. They're going to be very smart about it, and, uh, you know, you're also very young, and this money's fleeting, and you maybe don't need to gamble right now. Just go play a game against the Raiders in Vegas. (laughs) Enjoy. Enjoy yourself. Go go play the fucking slots, man. That's not illegal. You can do that shit all day. Yeah, but that was big news. That was big news here. These guys are not going to be playing half the year, and some of them you won't see them at least this season, and and maybe they don't get another shot. Um, But the biggest news... The Arizona Cardinals uniforms around. <laughs> Everybody who listens to this knows I love my uniform, so I have broken it down, Dan, in case you, you, you're interested in hearing. Um, they're not very good. I'm no. going to quickly tell you, they're not very good. They're pretty boring. But when do the Arizona Cardinals not have boring uniforms? So one kind of my, works. One know. of my favorite uh, responses to a thread was, oh, so now we see why Buddha wants to trade. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He, saw, he got a little... Look, he's like, I need to get out of here. Um, this is the first Cardinals rebrand, 18 years to the day, or so they said. But that's wild. I remember the old, you know, Jake Plummer, um, uh, Tillman jerseys and stuff like that. I mean, they were very plain, but I remember watching those. It's been 18 years since those. Yeah. Makes you feel old. <laughs> it's crazy, man. I, every time somebody goes like, hey, this thing from your childhood, remember when you were young? 30 yeah. years ago you're like god damn it yeah don't tell me that stuff um their home jerseys uh they showed them in all red uh little tv numbers which is the numbers on the shoulders and huge arizona across the chest but then that's it no stripe on the pants there's nothing on the sleeves there's nothing it's very red yeah yeah, it's, and then um, the away is all white, so I'm hoping they splice up the uniforms a little bit. Um, the pants do have stripes. They don't have the TV numbers. Um, all of their numbers, too, have the little pinpoint look, like a fake jersey look. 
um, the uh, commanders kind of did a pattern on their numbers too. So that's like a new thing that NFL teams like to do is sure. patterns on numbers. Uh, and then they have an all-black jersey still too. That all-black jersey, look at Ohio State's all-black jersey. Same damn thing. Yes. <laughs> Same I mean, exact The Cardinals thing. are horrifically uh, stupid. They're just They're not- just kind of – yeah, playing with those. They instead of gray, they added a lot of silver. Their helmet thing is silver. The helmet is actually so that the the logo's a little bit bigger, and the and the the cardinal itself has a little like depth kind of thing to the look. I kind of like that. There's there's apparently little silver flakes now in the white dome of the helmet too, hmm. which is an interesting th- idea. But we'll see if it even picks up. Um, the so, flakes fall off any- when you get concussed. <laughs> yeah, you just see glitter fly yeah, through the air. It's very distracting. Um, I'm picking it apart, and because I I love, I mean, I look forward to this real thing for like two weeks. I'm like, hey, New Jersey's. I'll see how the Cardinals do. Um, it's still better than where they were. I mean, they were one of the last teams that was getting rid of that early 2000s piping, bendy little stripes that everyone kind of had for a bit this they were like the last holdouts what's funny is like i thought through the other jerseys and the other other teams that kind of have that still the broncos who are like the first team to do it um like back in 97 i think they did 98 Mm -hmm. uh they still still haven't changed and then the uh the seahawks who are maybe at the end of that they still have a lot of Bend yeah, because they, they changed sleeves. in like oh three, oh two, oh three before they went. They were kind of the end of that, yeah. But like I think of the Vikings jerseys back then, and a lot of those who had a lot of the little extra piping and sleeve uh, bends and stuff like that. Those are all gone now. The Cardinals have wiped it out. Those are all gone now. And the other teams are trying to catch up, and I'm I'm excited about that. Yeah, it's uh, to me it's deck chairs on the Titanic, man. You got to fix the I organization know. before you start sliding out these new unis, man. Oh yeah, and it is probably a real stupid point in doing it too because you buy the new units when the team's going up. And yeah. right now there's no real reason to go out there and buy a Cardinals uh, jersey. I really want my Zaven Collins jersey. No, I don't really care <laughs> if I'm a Cardinals you should, fan right now. What they should do is they should be like, listen, man, I, you know, I don't know what the rules are about like the NFL's like, well, you got to have them set before the season. But like, I'd want to get on a win streak and be like, by the way, guys, we're releasing new uniforms. And then people buy that <laughs> shit instead of yeah. this, where it's like, hey, uh, you don't even have uh, – Buda Baker or DeAndre Hopkins modeling these. Oh, so we're a completely different bullshit team. And uh, Kyler's modeling them, but his knee doesn't currently work. So yeah, yeah I, I'm not. <laughs> Here's Kyler Murray, and he's in a wheelchair. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Wheel him out like form. it's fucking uh, you know Ken Griffey Jr. drinking tonic. <laughs> giant Love head. that episode. All right. Anyways, um, I'll talk jerseys all night long. You know I will. But we got edge rushers to talk about. We are in the prospect group here. The second to last that we have to go. The penultimate is one of my favorite words. Dan. It's good. Um, looking at these edge rushers, you said you really enjoyed it. Uh, I'm. I think it's pretty obvious who's number one. At least the NFL and all of the uh, pundits are screaming at you who number one is. So... I'm interested if you agree or not. Uh, if you're ready to jump in, I'm ready. I am too. All right, and I'm is ready. Number one, I'm ready to tell you about those pundits. Yeah, is is number one? Is are they correct? Is it Will Anderson Jr. out of Alabama? Not only are they correct, 
Okay. He is an elite prospect. He's an elite. That would be the next thing. I mean, this guy is coming up in mocks as a top five, top three. I mean, probably the best or the the top non-quarterback pick going to happen on Thursday. From the film I watched, I would say that he is easily, so far from all the film I watched, I still have the D-tackles to go through, he is the best defender in this draft and the most pro-ready prospect coming out this year. However, he is not the best pass rusher on this list. He is just simply the best defensive end or edge, but not pass rusher. I know okay. that's it's a weird distinction, you know. But he still has to be like number one on your thing. He's elite. Oh yeah. I mean, even though he's not hit, he doesn't have the pass rush moves or whatever you're saying, but he's just the fully formed prospect that you are going to want to have. He is just complete. Uh, he is actually more complete coming out than Miles Garrett was. Um, he is more oh. of a complete prospect than Von Miller was coming out. Um, both of those guys had something that he didn't have, which is a developed complement of pass rush moves. And also, Von Miller's get-off was just fucking ridiculous, and Miles Garrett was a, a physical freak in a different way. You know, um, Will Anderson might be the most instinctive defensive line prospect I have seen in a decade, at least. Like, wow. yeah, the dude just immediately one of the things one of the games i watched was against texas because i was like hey i remember they stopped Bijan robinson i want to see how much that was will anderson a fucking ton of it was will anderson was double teamed on every snap versus texas didn't take any plays off constantly double teamed solid motor um was able to keep uh Bijan robinson from breaking any big plays like the only big play by Bijan robinson was a fucking wheel route that he received like on every run play, Will Anderson was just on this dude. His diagnosis of screens and play action was like J.J. Watt, third defensive player of the year level fucking instincts. Like, it was <laughs> honestly shocking. There were a few times where I watched him read a play and then went back, watched the play again, and was like, how the fuck did he read that? How did he read that in, in the scrum faster than I could from a bird's eye? Like, the dude's instincts are just out of this world. Um, yeah, I, I can't say enough good things about him. I mean, everybody has flaws. No one comes out perfect, but this is the sure. best defensive player I've seen come out in a couple years. I mean, that's, so that's what I'm seeing in the mocks. Uh, Jalen Carter's off-field issues have kind of assured that Will Anderson, because I think heading into the mock season in about a month or two ago, it was hit, those two talked about us being the non-QB picks. QBs, you got to go get yours. The Panthers went up there specifically to get a new QB. They're not going to take Will Anderson. But, and I know it's been a lot of smoke in the Texans, et cetera, et cetera. Dan, you've looked at the QBs. Let's say Bryce Young goes one overall to the Panthers and the Texans are sitting there who have not had a QB in X amount of years, would they? Would it be smart for them to say, well, we'll keep waiting, we'll take Will Anderson? I, I don't think you could go wrong taking Will Anderson anywhere. Okay, even I, if you're, yeah. You could take him at number yourself two. another starting QB for... Yeah, you could take him at two, and uh, I think you can wait until 12. Um, there might not be any quarterbacks left, but we also That's talked true. about... they do pick again at 12. I only have one first-round grade, right, this year. 
Um, I don't have Bryce Young nearly as high as everybody does. I don't have Anthony Richardson nearly as high as everybody does. Somebody right. should be available there at 12 if guys start falling, but um, it won't happen. That being said, anybody picking at three or four or five that winds up getting my or winds up getting uh, Will Anderson is getting the fucking steal of the draft because he should be the number one player taken. Okay. Um, comparisons NFL.com said Demarcus Ware. I love it. I love I love that. I think he is a better run defender than DeMarcus Ware ever was. But DeMarcus Ware also was a more developed pass rusher than he was. Sure. His best season, Will Anderson's best season, and the season where he's an absolute freak boy, is his sophomore year. His sophomore year was unfucking real 17 sacks, just the most dangerous defensive player in the country. This year, you could see teams were like, do not let Will Anderson kill us. And uh, no one at Alabama really raised their level. Will Anderson was the best player on Alabama by a wide stretch. Like, say what you will about Brian Branch and his usefulness. It doesn't even come close. Uh, he They just double-teamed him every single time. The only guy that actually uh, did a good job against him one-on-one was Darnell Wright, who we probably do need to talk about a little bit, who was the Tennessee right tackle, Darnell Wright. That's true. Yeah, there's there's a handful. There's very few. Once we finish this prospect list, of guys that will probably go in the first round, and Darnell Wright's one of them that we just didn't look at yet. But um, will um, another thing? Will Anderson draft buzz says Von Miller. You already said he you like no. him more than Von Miller. I, and I also don't see the Von Miller in him. Uh, Von Miller out of Texas A and M was just a was a pressure monster. That's what Von Miller was. He was a pressure monster. He was an edge that was just pin your fucking ears back. That's kind of what he was in sophomore year, but his junior year, yeah. they're like, be the best player on our defense. And it was like, the guy was just tremendous. <laughs> this is, yeah, this is sounding great. Um, since we're talking edge rushers now, and it's turned into this talk of it's not defensive ends, it's not outside linebackers. Uh, it sounds like Will Anderson, you can ask him to do whatever on the outside. Anything. And he'll do it. Anything. Yeah. You want him to be a 4-3 D end. You want him to be a 3-4 end. You want him to move inside, play a little three technique. You could probably do that too. Will Anderson okay. is just one of one of the more fun film I've watched in a while was watching Will Anderson. Now, that can't be the case with everybody we look at um, in terms of where they fit. So we'll remember that as we hit these other prospects. We keep going. But, yeah. All right, great. Will Anderson, you guys, if, if you're looking – if you're a top pick – if you're the Cardinals at three – you got to be like, just everybody take a quarterback. We'll go scoop up this guy because that would be wonderful for them right there. Uh, all right. From him, the next guy on everyone's list uh, before it gets into like a group pretty solid of, of uh, like middle of first round guys. And this guy is also considered around top 10, Texas Tech's Tyree Wilson. He is not my number two. Oh, Okay. Do you want to talk about him, or do you want to talk yeah, about let's, your number let's two? talk about him. I have Tyree Wilson rated as my third overall, as my third edge. Okay, um, all right. So Tyree Wilson, super long. The dude's like six foot six. Got great size, like two seventy one. When you think classic four three D end, this is who you're talking about. Um, he's a redshirt senior, but he's still pretty young. He's only twenty two years old. So you know, it's not like he's not in that Keon White thing where he's twenty four and had a bunch of time at JUCO. Um, mm-hmm. Just I don't see a ton of holes on Tyree Wilson as an edge rusher. He's probably a more developed pass rusher than Will Anderson is right now. However, um, he does not have 
that next level strength. Like Will Anderson, I think is stronger than him, even though Will Anderson is smaller and lighter. Um, but he's got a better development, better uh, cachet of pass rush moves. He uses his hands really well. Um, the problem is, even with all his size, if the blocker gets on him, it creates a problem for him. He can use his length and kind of get around guys, and he's got a pretty good speed, and he's got great balance. It's something Will Anderson needs to work on is once Will Anderson kind of breaks from his block, a lot of times he throws himself at the quarterback. Tyree Wilson, almost every time that happened, he's like, no, I'm going to maintain my balance and square this fucking guy up and drill him. Uh, so it was it was really nice to watch him play as a, a pressure-focused defensive end. I don't think he was great playing in space. Like, he's probably not going to wind up being a 3-4 outside linebacker. Um, He's probably more of a traditional hand-in-the-ground defensive end. That's where he got most of his reps at. Uh, Wasn't really hybridized, and I don't think he should be. But this is a guy that can come in right now, immediately help you on pass rushing downs, and is not a liability in the run game. He hits hard. He fills gaps. um, He's not a selfish defensive end which does happen from time to time guys some guys just go after the quarterback and say fuck the run fits this guy will actually sit in his run fits and it he looks good so he's a pretty complete prospect i don't have him as a top 10 prospect but i do have him as a mid first rounder okay so i think he's gonna go pretty early because people love their edge rushers and if you're not going like cornerback you're pro you're looking edge rusher next stuff like that and defense aside um, and he looks like he's like a top 10 pick from what people are showing there. So Wouldn't be shocked. a little bit later than that. Yeah. But I mean, that's what happens though, right? Uh, you know, the quarterback yeah. gets yeah. elevated, the defensive end chasing the quarterback gets elevated, the pass rusher or the, uh, left tackle to block that guy gets elevated. It's just the yep. way it goes. Yep. It's like, uh, you know, rock, paper, scissors. Yeah. Um, yeah, he's a little bit taller, six, six, two seventy one. His comparison on NFL.com, Ezekiel Lanza. I, I didn't love the Ezekiel Ansa. Um, I actually, like, I was trying to look back because there were a couple different guys that I liked. Um, what the fuck was his name? Uh, Greg Ellis was an old Dallas Cowboy defensive lineman. He reminded me a lot of Greg Ellis, where Greg Ellis eventually moved into an outside linebacker position, but you could tell he was a more traditional 4-3 end. Um, but yeah. just great natural pass rusher. Long arms, uh, good body size, lean and strong fucking wide shoulders the dude was able to bend his hips and get around but yeah i th- I think greg ellis is my is my cowboys equivalent you want a guy that's gonna collect sacks right and he away. will man. you want your sacks you want him right away right now yeah he will he's not a liability in the mm-hmm. run game but uh yeah he's absolutely absolutely gonna get sacks nice all right well those i mean will anderson is the head and shoulders number one guy on a lot of people's boards but tyree wilson is still like i said top 10 ish after that, there's three guys. They're all on your list, and they're like boom, boom, boom. Middle first round, they're going to go because you want some guys that will go pressure the quarterback. So it's a shot in the dark here for me to guess them for you. I'll say the name that I think has been around for a bit in the college one, Clemson's Miles Murphy. Uh, he's my fifth. Uh, do well. Do you want to talk about him, or do you want to jump to this number two mystery man? No, let's talk. Let's talk about him. I think uh, as right. as the mystery deepens, you'll be like, "Who the fuck could this be?" Yeah, um, yeah. Miles Murphy is a four three end. Um. Okay. The same way we talked about Tyree Wilson, not like great in space, but probably could play in some like hybrid fronts. Don't put Miles Murphy in space. It's not good. 
Uh, he's, oh, he no. does not do well in space. But he is a guy that is probably the most physically powerful defensive end coming out this year. Like, in just terms of raw fucking power. This dude played on a Clemson defense that has, you know, Brian Brzee. Um, there's another guy we want to, I want to talk about a little bit, K.J. Henry. There was a ton of dudes chasing after the quarterback, but no one wanted to run at Miles Murphy. Mm-hmm. That being said, does not have a great uh, collection of pass rush moves, does not have the best uh, first step. It's good. He can play in the NFL, but this is a guy that is going to need to be developed over time. Um, he's got enough of an athletic upside, but he just seems lost in space. Like he just he really does need to be tasked with chasing down the quarterback or at least setting the edge because he wasn't bad in in run uh, run stopping. But he also wasn't uh, top tier. He wasn't anywhere near Will Anderson. I think he was comparable with Tyree Wilson, but Tyree Wilson was a more developed pass rusher. Okay. Um, yeah, so the mocks have him pretty much around a couple other guys, but the uh, the comparisons. And uh, Draft Network also says Ezekiel Ansa for him. Uh, man, just <laughs> just Ezekiel Ansa. Everybody's Ezekiel Ansa. Everybody looked at Ansa. I mean, he was an early pick, I guess, like, what, a decade almost ago? No, I uh, would say he reminds me a little bit of Kyle Vandenbosch. Okay. All you know, right. that's that's an old one. But, yeah, it's it's a guy that, you know, Kyle Vandenbosch was never, like, the star. You know, he was he was never the best fucking player on any of his teams. But he was always a contributory defensive end. You know, he played... Uh, DN for the Titans. He played for the Lions. He was yep. a guy that was a contributor. He set the edge okay. He got pass rush a little bit, but yeah, I think he's Kyle Vandenbosch. I I don't think he's uh, going to be a top tier defensive end in the in the NFL. I'll give you the others: NFL.com, Antoine Odom. Okay. And uh, Draft Bus said uh, the previous number one overall pick, Travon Walker. Uh, Travon Walker was way more athletic. Than Miles Murphy was. Like, um, yeah, I feel like Trevon Walker was a lot stand-up pass rusher, but maybe yeah. Well, he's doing some hand in the ground now for he Jaguar. did. So Trayvon Walker could be hand in the ground. Trayvon Walker was like a poor man's Will Anderson. Um, okay. And also, just to kind of bring this up uh, as last year, like Aiden Hutchinson, right? Um, who I was like, yeah, he's got some athletic limitations. He was like a better Miles Murphy, right? Aiden Hutchinson okay. was better than Miles Murphy. Um, Will Anderson as if Aiden Hutchinson was also a freak athlete, you know? <laughs> yeah, where would uh, Hutchinson be on this list of edge rushers? Hutchinson, Hutchinson would be my number two. Okay, all right. Yeah, so not, um, it's not a huge drop. It's just he's so productive, he's so solid, uh, but Will yeah. Anderson just has that top gear that he doesn't have. Well, we've already got a look of Hutchinson in a first year of NFL, too, and it's, yeah, you realize, oh, it's not too fast for him. Yeah. Um, all right, so it's not uh, Miles Murphy. There's two other names it could be that's number two. Is it Georgia's Nolan Smith? It is, sir. Yeah. Okay, this guy was fun to look at, yeah. <sighs> Nolan Smith is fast. He's fast. I, I know I already mentioned Von Miller once, but mm-hmm. that's my equivalent is Von Miller. The, the equivalent for NFL.com was Samson Ebucom. Oh, he's better than Ebucom. He's better than mm-hmm. Abucom. Um yeah, I so he's super well built. Um he's six foot two, two forty. Yeah. But he's six foot two, two forty, and he plays with fucking meanness, man. Like I, I watched some of the twenty twenty one film when he was a junior 
coming out. And I don't know why the fuck he didn't come out. Cause if you remember, we were, you know, we didn't talk about Trayvon Walker cause he kind of shot up draft boards for insane reasons. But yeah. when we did talk about him, I was like, I think Nolan Smith is better. <laughs> Nolan Smith yeah. was better than Trayvon Walker in my mind. And I, I hold by that. I actually mm-hmm. think Nolan Smith, if you watch the film is better than Trayvon Walker. Sure. Trayvon Walker's bigger. He's got great speed, but Nolan Smith was a more developed defensive end couple problems with Nolan Smith. Number one, doesn't have that great size. Probably not going to be a 4-3 end. Probably going to be an outside linebacker in a 3-4. Maybe move inside, get some hybrid pass rush stuff. Um, Also, I think they needed to, when he became a senior, they put too much on him. They actually slowed him down. Um, He needs to have his workload really reduced because he was taking longer to read the plays than Will Anderson does, right? But when he read them, he was faster and more decisive than Will Anderson. So I think you can use this dude's like freak abilities if you just simplify shit. You say, hey, this is your assignment. Don't worry about what else happens. Go get the fucking quarterback. That's all you need to do. Because a guy like this, if you put less on him, I think he's going to be way more productive. Uh, He's getting mocked right around where Miles Murphy is, but it sounds like they're two different types of edge rushers so they're oh yeah you, it's kind of decided on what type of defense you're gonna run and they're gonna decide from there like um you know my my brian flores probably gonna look for something more of a nolan smith than a miles murphy the way they've been playing hey nolan smith i think honestly anything out of the top 15 i think is a steal you know this is a this is another guy that is like you know kind of tail end like almost a top 10 pick uh yeah. in terms of just raw ability uh, well-developed prospect, but yeah, I just think needs to have his workload reduced and needs to find a more consistent position, and I think it's probably going to be uh, outside backer in a 3-4, or 3-4 I mean, predominant. So, f- so far, a lot of the talent that's come out of Georgia has worked out in the NFL, so I think that helps him too. He's another guy from that system. Play um, SEC defense, you're probably Keely all right. Ringo and, yeah, yeah, you're probably doing pretty good there. Uh, okay, so Nolan Smith, Miles Murphy, those are two of the three guys that are right around the same. So I'm thinking your number, boom, 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 th- fourth on this list is Iowa's Lucas Van Ness. Indeed he is. Uh, indeed he is. He's a redshirt sophomore. So Lo- Local guy. Yeah, out of Barrington. From our neck of the woods, Barrington, Illinois, Lucas Van Ness. So uh, NFL.com didn't have a, an equivalent form, but I will give you one, and it's close to home. We talked about him last time. It's yeah. A.J. Epinesa. Okay. The one draft network gave was Trey Hendrickson, probably because they're both white guys. Yeah, that's pretty <laughs> much it. Um, Trey Hendrickson is a is just a freak body. Um, Trey Hendrickson is a very different machine. Uh, Lucas Van Ness is a fine, is a fine defensive end. He's a fine defensive end. He is very strong. He uses the bull rush probably more than anything else. He's 6'5", 272, and plays like it. Um, this is not a light man. This is not a, a guy that you really probably want to play at outside linebacker. This is a down-in-the-dirt defensive end. Sure, everybody plays a hybrid system, but this is a hand-in-the-ground D-end that you set, and you send him at the left tackle uh, every single down. He had a, uh, a pretty good game against Paris Johnson, at Ohio State, I thought he he did really well. He's got really good and well developed instincts for the run stop, um, but once again, needs to develop more pass rush and needs to develop like 
instead of just using like speed to power, like he can't just try to bull rush everybody all the fucking time. He's got to be able to set guys out. He's got to use his balance a little bit better, but he's more of a downhill pass rusher. Okay. Yeah. So when his spot comes up in the uh, rounds here again, he's around Miles Murphy, Nolan Smith. So mid first round, would you put him there? Like if you're looking for that type of pass rusher, so, I mean, like I said, Miles Murphy was probably like a late first rounder in my mind, you know, mid to late. I think oh, Lucas okay. Van Ness is right there, you know, mid to late. Okay. Um, you know, he's worse than Tyler Wilson. He's a little bit better than Miles Murphy right now, although Miles Murphy has a higher ceiling. So, to me, Lucas Van Ness and Miles Murphy are how much work do you want to put into a guy, or do you need a guy that's a plug and play right now that's maybe not going to okay. light your world on fire, but is going to give you quality snaps as a rookie? Okay, great. Um, then it makes us obvious who the last guy on your list is, and that's Georgia Tech's Keon White. Talking about potential, uh, Keon White, six foot five, two eighty five, probably moves better than everybody in this draft, but Will Anderson. <laughs> like, oh, sorry, uh, Nolan Smith. I, Nolan Smith is like. But Nolan Smith's an athletic freak. Nolan Smith also was the number one uh, high school prospect back in 2019. I don't know if you knew that. Like, coming he's out of high school. been around. Yeah, okay. he's just been a freak. Everybody's like, this guy's a freak. And it's like, uh-huh, yep, we we'll just wait till he goes to the next level. Um, kind of the same way when we talked about, uh, oh, my dude, uh, my Michigan boy is uh, playing for the Packers now. It's going to kill me. Oh, uh, Rashawn Gary. Gary, where it was like, oh, you're, yeah. just, a high, you're just an athletic freak and we're going to figure out something to do with you. Um, this guy's a freak. This guy's a freak. He played at Juco for like three years. So he's 24 years old, uh, coming into the NFL, which is not great. He's also, uh, looking like he's developing some lower body injuries. Um, he missed basically his entire true senior season with an ankle injury that he picked up playing basketball, uh, at his pro day at Georgia tech, he pulled his hamstring. So, you know, my concern is a little bit like, okay, are you breaking down already? But when he plays, the dude is just a different sort of freak. Um, that 285, he it's all power. It's all power. And he's able to convert that to speed. Uh, uses his hands really well. He's actually a, a much more developed uh, pass rusher than most of these other guys. Um, not great in terms of uh, stopping the run. He's not focused on that. This is a bit of a glory boy in terms of trying to get to the quarterback. Just pins his ears back and goes. Um, but yeah, he, he loves it. It's a high, he's a high energy, high motor guy. Um, but once again, he's immediately going to help you this year in situational pass rush. And if you can develop a bit more patience with the guy, he has the athletic profile to be a really good defensive end in the NFL. Yeah. He, um, so the mocks have him about a full round after the guys like Miles Murphy and Nolan Smith. I think he's a second-round pick, honestly, but I think it's early second round. So they have him about mid-second round, honestly, because they have Miles Murphy and Nolan Smith much higher up there. But, yeah, mid-second round, I mean, it's kind of come down to you're in the middle of that first round and what are you needing kind of thing. You might start picking for need instead of the best available when it gets a little in the muck there. The edge rusher, the cornerback, the wide receiver, you know, that could let some of these guys fall or go higher up. So Keon White, maybe again day two. 
maybe you have to get him pretty early day too. It sounds uh, like I think uh, so. And it just I think his big thing is how are his medicals going to come back and how are his interviews going to come back because okay. some of the inter- so I do actually read what these guys say. Uh, Will Anderson seems like a really good-hearted dummy, and that's what I want on defense. Um, mm-hmm. Keon White seems like a real fucking smart dude that has a lot of self-awareness, um, but it's very cocky. Uh, he's a very yeah. cocky dude. Um, one of the interviews he talks about, he's like, listen, man, I'm not a fucking speed rusher. He's like, I don't know. He's like, early in the season, I was trying to be a fucking speed rusher, get cute. He's like, I'm just here to murder people. And I was like, I kind of <laughs> like that. You know me, I kind of like that. Um, yeah. But he's not a speed rusher. He talks about that. He's he's talking about using power, using uh, an overwhelming athleticism. But in the NFL, everybody's really athletic. So you wonder if he gets a lot of resistance early in his career, is he going to be able to fight through that? I mean, he's a JUCO transfer. That shows a little bit of perseverance. Um, but, yeah, yeah, I for me, it's what are his medicals, what are his interviews? Uh, he uh, His NFL.com comparison was John Franklin Myers. Yeah, I mean, John Franklin Mars, I think, was a better physical build. Uh, it's probably more suited mm-hmm. to uh, run stopping than than Keon White. But yeah, he's a he's a big body guy. Uh, so there's other. I'm gonna name off some other edge rushers that uh, we didn't have on the list that uh, might go around Keon White or a little bit before him. Honestly, Will McDonald out of Iowa State is getting mocked maybe first round and first round type of spot there for an edge rusher. Sure. Uh, the, uh, and then around Keon white, like second round talent, the Kansas state guy, Felix and, and so I'm going to butcher these names and Anu DK Uzama. Yep. Uh, Northwestern's Ade Tuomwa Ade Baware. I can't, <laughs> That was the one I knew I couldn't do. Do you, do you want me to do it? Yes, yes. Uh, Felix Anudike Uzoma. Okay, Anudike Uzoma. I was pretty close there. Northwestern's guy. Oh, uh, yeah. So it, I don't know if you also wanted to talk about Tuli Tuliopoloto. Oh, yeah. He's great, too. Now, why did he end up on this list? Maybe he's D-line or something. I haven't seen he's his He's still an edge, yet. but, yeah, he's he has a nice athletic profile, but he's probably going to go somewhere in the third or fourth round. The the list I'm looking at, they have him as a D line Tui Tulopolo, so I'd probably name him next next time. But uh, no, the Northwestern guy added to Womwa. I don't know this. Added to Miwa. All right. Added Bowore. Added Bowore. That's a tough one. That's <laughs> a tough is. one for me. I'm gonna there's have a few to, in here. Uh, there's a Pittsburgh edge rusher. I didn't even look at this guy. Uh, mm. But it's Habakkuk oh. Baldonado. That's fucking great. <laughs> yeah, Habakkuk. Why was he not on this? B.J. Ojulari, LSU. He's right around Keon Ikene White. Ikene so Is that a rice? Mm-hmm. Oh, man, I missed a lot of good names in this one. I'm sorry, <laughs> Some man. good names. Uh, people moving up and down the list here right before the draft. But those are guys that will go around Keon White. Take two guys. You want an edge rusher after you take your, I don't know, wide receiver in the first round. Who knows? Sure. So... We're not. We can't talk about everybody. We could talk about talent that uh, fills up three rounds, but we would jump around a little bit on you, Dan. Any of those? You said there was a few other guys, maybe. So there's four guys I want to talk about aside from this. Um, okay. KJ Henry, only because I want to equate him with Miles Murphy. KJ Henry was able to eat, eat, because Miles Murphy ate one side of the field. Um, okay. Played at Clemson with him. He's a redshirt senior. He was the, like the leader of the Clemson defense. Was a really really good defense. So this is one of those guys that you're probably going to take somewhere in the third or fourth round, 
and he's going to be an immediate spark plug dude, has the athletic profile to play in the NFL, but maybe won't be elite, um, but has the good size. Like, you could play him at linebacker, he's 6'4", 251. You could play him at straight edge on a 4-3. So it's one of those guys that's developmental, uh, that you know played at a, a quality system, was a leader on his team. A guy like K.J. Henry is going to be about a steal in the fourth round. Yeah, uh, senior mocks are going fourth or even fifth for him. So Yeah, but it, it, wherever he goes, you're getting a player. I, I really yeah. liked his tape. It showed a, a decent get-off, good explosion, nice pursuit. The athletic profile is not what we're talking about with these guys, but you know, not every draft position or not every uh, – spot in the draft is going to yield you an immediate Hall of Famer. Um, a guy like K.J. Henry, I think, will play in the league for a couple years. Okay, cool. And then uh, three more dudes. Uh, we talked about B.J. Ojolari uh, a little bit. He's a bit of an undersized uh, defensive end coming out as a junior out of LSU. This guy's probably going to go somewhere late second, early third round. Um, yeah. They have him as Harold Landry as an equivalent. I don't think that's true. I think he's not as fast as Harold Landry. Um, not as good against the run, but this is another guy that needs to find a position and kind of stick with it. You're either going to play him at linebacker, um, inside or outside. So I think um, his older brother, Aziz Ojulari, is a uh, is a defensive end for the Giants right now. So, you know, he he's not coming into this completely unaware. He's got family in the NFL. Yeah, Ojulari. The Ojularis. Yeah, the Ojulari dynasty has begun. And here we are. Um, the other guy I want to talk about, there's two more. Uh, there's Andre Carter II. Um, think if um, Jason, uh, oh, it's going to kill me, uh, defensive end uh, for Miami Dolphins. Taylor? Oh, Jason Taylor. Um, okay. Has that Jason Look Taylor build. I'm the one knowing names Yeah, tonight. right? That's killing me. <laughs> uh, has that Jason Taylor build. He's like 6'6 six, six and a half, 256, kind of long and lean. Played for Army, Andre Carter II. Um, I was like, what is this logo? <laughs> yeah, it's it's <laughs> army, you. man. It's army. Army. Um had a had a much better uh junior season than he did a senior season. But that is also because as a senior, they're like, Hey, is there anybody else on Army that can play? No, great. Triple cover Andre Carter. <laughs> Just triple team Andre Carter. Um you got so, him as like a late third rounder in this. Yeah, but this is another guy that you're bringing in. He played a fucking army. Like, what are you worried about with this guy? Like you can take a guy right. like him who has pretty good athletic upside, uh, you can take him in the third round, and you can play him at rush outside linebacker, you can play him on the down, but at six foot seven, two 250, it's pretty lean uh, as a run-stopping D-end. I think he's got more of a future as kind of a weak side, or maybe even as a strong side linebacker in a 3-4. Cool. And then uh, the last one is a guy that's actually pretty good, probably going to go in the second round, um, is uh, Isaiah Foskey out of Notre Dame. Okay. Uh, reminds me a little bit of Arden Key when he came out somewhere between Arden Key's sophomore film and his junior film. Um, yeah, so he's right in the middle where you go, okay, he's 6'5", 264, has a nice athletic profile, has a lot of potential, didn't have a ton of productivity at Notre Dame. Um, doesn't really fit anywhere, but probably if he gains a little weight, stays on the line. If he drops a little weight but can still keep his punch, he's probably an outside linebacker um, with a decent amount of rush. Yeah, you're right. Uh, second round, mid second round guy. In fact, he's around Keon White uh, in mocks and stuff. So, so Hosky's the guy you're going to hear about. That's interesting because um, if if I'm given the choice between Isaiah Foskey and Keon Wright, 
That's White. all. Inter- oh, sorry, Keon White. That's all interview because one's a 22 year old guy that played as Notre Dame and was a defensive captain. The other guy mm-hmm. is a JUCO prospect with like a tremendous fucking <laughs> ego. So what are you looking for? The two very different guys. Yeah, very yeah. different dudes. Which one? What's the uh, the mindset for a defensive edge rusher? Do you do you think will work best? All right. Well, gosh. Um, we'll, listen, we gave you six, or did we give you 16 edge rushers? It's all in how you look at it, you guys. But we're giving you knowledge and plenty of it to ha- be ready for the NFL draft, which is, I'm looking at my watch, less than a week away. This time uh, uh, next week, we will be, uh, yeah, we'll be right at the tail end of the third round, my friend. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Enjoying our, our Friday um, in Kansas City. Uh, do you think we see a new Cardinals jersey while we're there? Oh, God. <laughs> do you think we see a Cardinals fan while we're there? Yeah, yeah, no. Um, <laughs> yeah, so we'll be there at the NFL draft. But uh, before we go, one more at least uh, episode we're going to put on the books here, Dan. What is the class left, the we, one last class we have? We are talking about interior defensive linemen. Oh, boys. Yeah, we are, These we are pass rushers, the big guys. Yeah. yeah. Um, some big names on that list, some first round talents on that list uh, that Dan has picked out for us. So we're going to talk about them the next time. It won't be long, obviously, because the the, the draft is right now. So it is upon us. Uh, yeah. So everybody um, get your notifications going for this podcast, the Push Off Podcast, your favorite. All right, Dan, let's wrap this up tonight. I've got some crazy stats, actually. Oh, yeah. Here we go. Uh, there is two head coaches in the NFL that have the record for the most losses versus a specific franchise in the postseason at four each. These are two head coaches. They have lost to the same franchise four times. Uh, do you know who they are? Do you have any guesses? Uh, I mean, it's got to be somebody against the Patriots. It's got to be uh, what is one head coach. Yeah, a specific head coach has lost four times to that franchise. I I don't know if it's four times, but it's got to be somebody that that went for a long time. I would say the Giants defeating uh, no, Tom but you Landry. Need to know a giant. Uh, it, oh, there you go. Yeah, I see what you're the Giants about. defeating Tom Landry and the Cowboys. You were right about Tom Landry, but it's not the Giants. Oh, it's really? A different team. Was it the fucking Forty Niners? Yeah. No, but they're a different one on this list. Um, all right, Tom Landry versus again. We 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 forget. Think of seventies playoffs NFC. Who was there a lot? Was it the Vikings? I wish. No, Tom Landry lost to the Rams four times. Oh right, I forgot the Rams were good. Yeah, I do because the Rams, the Rams were good in the seventies. Usually, the Vikings beat them in like the championship game and. The Rams didn't make a lot of Super Bowls. Um, the other one, much more recent, and you already said the team. Yeah, it's uh, more specifically the quarterback. It's going to be Aaron Rodgers losing to the fucking Niners. <laughs> so Aaron Rodgers is a reason for two of this uh, coach's losses. But the other two, unfortunately for Dan, I'm oh, talking no. Mike McCarthy. No. Mike McCarthy oh, diverse the Niners. He had two in Green Bay, two yeah. in Dallas now. That's the other head coach Why? that has lost four times. Why'd you do this to me, Scott? Time. 
Why did you? It, do this that? is just a crazy stat, Dan. By, by the, I didn't. By make the it way, up. your it's... old head coach used to lose, but you know what? If I, <laughs> Mike McCarthy can put together a Tom Landry esque uh, season, it means I mean, he needs one not... more Super Bowl to be equal. With yeah, Landry. they're not known for this. This is crazy stats. No That's one true. knew this stuff until we said it. And then I'm going to quiz you on uh, draft <laughs> stuff because we're here at the NFL draft. Matt Ryan. Sure. Matt Ryan was the third overall pick in the 2008 draft. I, I don't even think he's on a team right now. He might be a free agent gets yeah. picked up. Uh, who was drafted right after Matt Ryan, Dan? Oh, I know who was drafted right before him. It was Long and Long. It was the it was the Long Boys. It was the Long Boys. It was Long and Long. Uh, I know. No that, relation, right? No, no relation. No relation. There was Kyle Long later was related to uh That's to right. Long's. That's where it really gets confusing is uh, – uh, I know, I know, the it wasn't boy. Flacco immediately. Who was the number four pick? Yeah, who was the number four pick after Matt Ryan went to the Falcons at third overall? Was in the it AJ Green draft? No, no, I don't know. I I can't. I didn't even go through who else was on there, so I can't even tell you if you were in the right draft there. But um, you want? Let me know if you want a hint. Yeah, I'll take. I'll take a hint. Uh, he was an AFC draft pick. He was huge coming out of college, but just I think injuries and the team that he was on, you don't think of him much now. Plus, he was in a position that just comes and goes. Comes and goes? I have no idea. He's a running back. Fourth overall in 2008. Fourth overall? Fuck went running back fourth overall. He went to the Oakland Raiders. Darren McFadden. Darren McFadden. Ah. You could hear it in his voice that he knew he should have known Former cowboy Darren McFadden. Again, Darren McFadden, yeah, like he was huge coming out of college and then in the NFL injuries and and a bad Raiders team for a long time. Well, so it's funny that you bring that up. I forgot that that particular draft. His, uh, His running mate out of Arkansas, was drafted by the Cowboys in that same draft. Who was that? Uh, it was Felix Jones. Oh, I remember Felix Jones on the Cowboys. Sure. I do. He sucked massive dick. You had Felix Jones and Thomas Jones at the same time. You had the, jo- the Joneses. Uh, we Well, we didn't have them at the same time, but we had oh, really? Thomas Jones and then we had Felix Jones. Oh, that's something I know. The Jones boys. The Cowboys. Those are my crazy stats, Dan. Um, sorry they were all <laughs> Cowboys related there. Yeah, all negative Cowboys way. related. <laughs> I search. I search, and it just happens that that's what comes up. You know, we've won um, five but anyways, Super Bowls, Scott. Jesus Christ. Let's talk about that once. <laughs> no, we don't talk about Super Bowls on this show. <laughs> that's, that's true. Not we don't just do current that. ones. Um, all right, so D-line next time. We got to... Probably throwing some kickers and punters too, just to say we talked about it's them. True. Uh, I they might get some some picks this year. Do you think somebody gonna draft? A oh kicker yeah, absolutely. This year? Somebody's gonna draft a kicker and punter. Somebody drafts a kicker and they a punter go for every them, like, year. Fifth and sixth rounds now. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then we'll wrap it up. Hopefully, if we got time with a mock draft. Nice. I'm so excited. There we go. And uh, and then after that, the draft, we'll talk about our time in Kansas City, do a little recap of it, and then the Push Up Podcast, season six, will come to an end. Man, six fucking seasons we've been doing this. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> it's wild we've, to think that. Not six seasons we're starting. We've finished basically six seasons. That's yeah, nuts. This is the completion of the season six, basically. We're at the end. So thank you guys for joining another episode of the Push Up Podcast, Dan. Parting words of wisdom. 
Welcome, welcome, Will Anderson, to the realm of the Dan Wright elites, the push-off podcast elites. Um, mm. We've never been wrong about an elite prospect for the last six years. So welcome. We look forward to a, uh, a vibrant and flourishing career in the NFL for you. Don't let us down. Don't pull a Josh Rosen, who didn't get an elite grade, but man, was he close. Uh, be better than Josh Rosen, which is just good advice in general for everybody. He's uh yeah he joins Jackson Smith and Ajigba Michael Mayer so far is three of Dan the only three uh elite prospects so far of the list but we got one more group to talk about and <laughs> the kickers and punters who knows what'll happen guys so and, come back back next time and I will say uh those three elites Will Anderson is the best of the three of them ooh there we go you guys uh perfect end to a perfect show if I should say so myself thank you guys I am Scott and this is Dan. We'll see you next time. Have a good one. Bye.